Well, everybody, the Great Reset is back. Executive Director David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition in the studio today, along with Paul, the producer. Of course, we've got Dale, the producer here, too. And our show is brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says, Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All righty, by the way, again, uh, the Great Reset as of every Tuesday, not on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, but I tell you what, you can just uh, go to gfbestsource.com. You click Listen Now. It's live if you want to chat. Click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. Uh, We're now on Rumble 2. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. Otherwise, uh, you can call us or text us. Our number is 701-213-0863. Again, 701-213-0863. Before we get too much further into the show, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. So I spilled a bag of M&Ms at a Weight Watchers meeting. Yeah, spilled a bag of M&M's at a Weight Watchers meeting. It was like a crazy game of Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs> I'm not allowed back. Nah, Dale didn't like that one. All right, great reset. Here we go. I'm going to go through my spiel here first before we talk with David Waterman. Um, there's numbers as of January 26th. Uh, no change there from last week. 18,977 confirmed deaths from the vaccine. Uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, I don't know if you've heard about this guy. He's a pathologist. Uh, he confirms... The COVID vaccination causes giant blood clots, cancer, and infertility. We have been talking about this. How about this prominent virologist, Dr. Shukarit Bhakti, says Thailand may nullify their contract with Pfizer now over harm being done by the vaccine. Uh, Joe Biden, how about this? Sleepy Joe's approval rate as of yesterday, 43.2%. Uh, and I think uh, State of the Union, I think that is tonight. And then um, speaking of Joe and, and all this stuff, uh, this Chinese spy balloon uh, was shot down Saturday off the coast of South Carolina. Now, here's what I can't figure out. It was first seen over Alaska January 28th. So it slowly floated over the United States, numerous Air Force bases, numerous um, um, of all kinds, nuclear places, things like that. Seven days, yeah, nuclear power plants. For seven days, this thing floated over the United States. And then here's what they did. Um, They shot it down off the coast of South Carolina. So this makes a ton of sense. You wait until your enemy's spy balloon completes its mission (laughs) before you shoot it down. Bonus, shoot it down over waters too deep to recover the payload. Way to go, what? Sleepy Joe. Yeah, they, they're, they're not. I really don't. They're just right now. They're just randomly looking for any kind of debris, anything they can find. I don't think they're going to. I mean, they might have to get the guy that made the Titanic movie to get his little <laughs> submarine down there to find anything. Um, they're also saying that it was big enough to where it could have uh, been carrying explosives. Yeah, well, it could have. Uh, but I mean, you know what? Uh, the governor of Montana was like, shoot it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know Biden at first said, shoot it down. The Pentagon, um, I think, said no. And, and I get it because now if Trump 
was still in charge, if he was still the commander in chief, and he would have told our armed forces, you shoot that thing down, they would have. They would have, because at that time, China was scared crapless of us, I think. They're not anymore. I think that's just trying to bait Sleepy Joe because he wouldn't know what to do if they retaliated for us shooting this balloon down. Um, a couple of more local stories. Uh, this one kind of got me. Uh, my state of Minnesota. Uh, Juneteenth will become a state holiday in Minnesota. Uh, that that's We kind of knew that was coming. Um, also, there's another one where it's illegal to discriminate on the basis of hair texture or style. Um, this is funny. Uh <laughs> It was a, they had a ceremonial signing Friday of a bill known as the Crown Act. Now, which he formally signed Wednesday. Now, the Crown Act stands for Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. It explicitly prohibits racial discrimination based on natural hair texture and hairstyles such as braids, locks, and twists. So he was flanked by a crowd of mostly female black lawmakers and community leaders. Now, Waltz joked about the irony of an older white bald guy signing the bill, uh, but said it addresses a real problem. Now, the lead House author, Democratic Representative Esther Agbaji of Minneapolis, said the legislation was necessary because the U.S. Supreme Court back in 2017 declined to weigh in on whether natural hair was an immutable part of race. Hair. Okay, Uh, with the law, we are saying that we will not allow hair discrimination as a proxy for race discrimination, Agbaji said. We're also saying it is perfectly fine to show up as you are. So show up in pajamas or a a thong or something, but they're not going to look at your hair. Um, And then finally, um, well, less than a week after Air Force votes their disapproval over this uh, big corn milling plant operated or backed by Chinese-owned Fufang, uh, Grand Fork City leaders have taken action. City Council voted last night to officially nix the project. Uh, all members of North Dakota's congressional delegation expressed concerns even before the Air Force uh, letter about the proximity to the base and possibly secure concerns. Now, Fufang still owns the property. It's unclear whether the future of the work will be now that uh, the plant is off the table. Um, I've already been getting my phone's been going off the hook thinking I was going to just base a lot of this show on Fufang today. I am not. Um, I did see enough last night. People demanding, not asking, but demanding our mayor to resign over this. Now, I've never had, uh, I've never really had a stance on this, at least not an official one. Um, I don't think I have the right to. I'm I'm a resident of Minnesota, but um, I I just don't quite get, and this might piss some people off, but this is all I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it at that because we will have Mayor Bochensky on the show on Monday coming up. But you got what you wanted, the people that didn't want it. Why continue to kick him under the bus? Um, well, not only that, but since they, uh, the you know, because it was the Air Force Base that said that they can't build it, didn't he say, okay? Yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> and, and what happened to, uh, what do they call that when they tried to send that around, have everybody sign it last year? Petition. Uh, your petition. If the petition would have been done correctly, and I have still yet to find out what was wrong with the petition, there was something wrong with the petition legally. If it would have been done right, this never would have happened. No, they're, they're, so they're, I'm not they're, sure. No, here's the, here's the here. If, can I win? Hi, I'm David Waterman. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> a new there, guest. There's a <laughs> there's a uh, there's this thing in law that you can. You can fight anything. Yeah. You realize that? Yeah, you can sue for anything. And you can fight anything. And you say, no, no, that's not. And you can find some little. And what happened with the petition, as I understand, I'm not an expert on this, not mm-hmm. a lawyer. 
But I believe that what happened was after the lawyers approved, who looked at the petition and said, yeah, this is good, and uh, they went out and did it, and they got approval. They said, yeah, this is what you want. Then they said, no, there's this little technical thing we don't like about the petition. They, I, I don't think that they even found anything legitimate. Mm-hmm. And then they threw out a bunch of signatures, and then they started harassing the people that were actually gathering signatures. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do that. They said that people that... So in other words, it wasn't a matter of... Uh, the the city council is saying, well, show us your concerns. I mean, if you get people to sign a petition, then we'll we'll look at it and we'll we'll we'll, we'll stop it. And they did that. Mm-hmm. And then they said, no, now we're going to attack the petition. Yeah. Well, so the whole thing was the, here's the problem. It's been we've been lied to for a very long time. Uh, it wasn't just it wasn't just the mayor who the people that spoke at city council, I was there last night. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the mayor who was being asked to resign. In fact, there was, no, a, it was the whole there were only a couple council. of people that were asked, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, no, they demanded, like, they demanded, <laughs> they demanded <laughs> yeah. yes, uh, that uh, Brett Weber, mm-hmm. uh, who's, <laughs> that guy's really something. Yep, I agree. Uh, and, uh, and Dana Sandy mm-hmm. and, yep. uh, and a couple others, because they were the, the, the two that were really pushing it sure. and, and mocking people that were against it. Yes, and, yep. And, and the, the, the point that I tried to make at the council meeting last night was that the, the Air Force never should have had to have said anything. No, no, they probably shouldn't. Because, first of all, anybody with a half a brain understands that China is our enemy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to... <clears throat> Peter Schweitzer. I, I really like this book, and I, I refer to it often. I brought it to the city council last night, um, and I read from it. And I can I can read from, from the preface here. All you need to read is the first eight pages. I don't know why he bothered to write this entire book, but this book, Red Handed... Have, have I shown you this before, John? Have you seen this book before? I believe maybe so. Look at the expression of uh, Xi Jinping's face. Look at this expression. Look at the... The respect that he has for Joe Biden in looks that like picture. Looks like he smelled a bad fart. He, he looks like he has zero respect he, zero for respect. President Biden. And, zero. And, and what's Biden's expression like? I'm the guy that farted. <laughs> so I wish we could get a close-up of this, but the title, the title of the book is Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. So Joe would know. Is there a possibility that that's what was going on here? Big deal, big money deal, big land, big money, construction, mm. all that stuff. Okay, so here's what I read last night. This is, this is uh, a quote from, from Xi Jinping, this guy right here. Quote from him. <clears throat> the world is undergoing great changes unseen in a century, but time and momentum are on our side. Well, stop right there. Time and momentum. In other words, they think that they've built up some momentum. Mm-hmm. This is where our force and vigor reside. It is also where our determined confidence reside. Now, that's one communist I'm quoting. Now let me quote another communist. This is Vladimir Lenin. Tell me what you think about this. Uh, maybe, this is, uh, maybe this is just too hard to understand. Uh, Paul, let me, th- 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 what do you think about this quote? They, referring, he's referring to the capitalists, Vladimir Lenin, they will furnish credits which will serve us for the support of the Communist Party in their countries. And by supplying us materials and technical equipment which we lack, will restore our military industry necessary for our future attacks against our suppliers. 
To put it in other words, they will work on the preparation of their own suicide. That's Vladimir Lenin. He continues, The world's capitalists and their governments, as they pant to win the Soviet market, market, right? So we can do trade, do business. Mm -hmm. Let's do business. We want to do business here. Will close their eyes to the above-mentioned reality and will thus transform themselves into men who are deaf, dumb, and blind. They will give us credits. They will toil to prepare their own suicide. That's Vladimir Lenin. That wasn't yesterday or last month. That was what, 50 years ago. Um, I, I just want to interrupt for a second, David. Um, I, I don't, are we having some issues? Because uh, Aaron says the video feed keeps going out. Maybe the topic is threatening. Um, I, I think we're just having a couple of glitches here. But um, Yeah, because <laughs> that's knows? happening on my end, too. Yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wonder if it's just Facebook, though. Um, well, we, this shouldn't. I thought we weren't on Facebook on this show. On the Midwest Public Health Coalition page, we are. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Mm. I don't know. Her feet on her end. It's good on my end. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it caught well, up maybe. now. So yeah. It looks It'll like it's good right. now. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. So, <clears throat> so we know that the, the communists are after us and that they mm-hmm. think that they can defeat us sure. through commerce, right? That we'll supply them with what they need. The fact that it's 12 miles away from, a Grand, from the Grand Forks Air Force Base, where we have a drone operation that conducts secret sure. missions from Grand Forks. Yep. <clears throat> uh, is it not common sense that to put a massive industrial complex 12 miles away from an air base that runs secret operations mm-hmm. with their drone program? would not be maybe the smartest thing in the world to do? Yeah, I, I would... Is that common sense, or am I just imagining? Right, I would think if it would have been like uh, Norway or Germany or France that wanted to put this corn milling plant there, I don't think it would be an issue. we got somebody over there here, Dave. Ah, I, I don't think it would but, be an issue, you know? But right. yeah, if it was Russia or China, a little bit different. Yes, exactly. So, so, so here's the... Thank you. So here's the, here's the, thank you, sir. So here's the, uh, oh, this just in, more evidence of, oh, no, sorry, that's for the next segment. Just really quickly, though, um, because, you know, you talk about the drones and the Air Force Base with, you know, the Fang plant. But I think one of the things that a lot of people aren't, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but that Northrop Grumman, that's got a bunch of drones that are just being built there. Right. Now, do they have, do they put the serial numbers on the, the drones at Northrop Grumman? They all have a I tail number. They all have a tail number. Now, I'm just going to oh. go back to a few years back. I was lucky enough to go on a media tour of the Grand Forks Air Force Base, and I saw the big drones that are they're huge. I mean, ginormous. And they let us take pictures, except for the tail number. You cannot take a picture of a tail number because if that got posted on social media, somebody out in, say, Afghanistan or Iraq or something, if they saw those tail numbers, they would go, okay, we know that drone's not here. You know what so, I mean? So the, and the tail number is registered with the, the FAA, correct? Sure. I would imagine, yeah. So yeah. that's how they keep track yeah. Every of aircraft things in the has sky. Got, They've yep. got a tail number, and that's how they track mm-hmm. them. Sure, yep. sure, yep. But, I mean, right. if, you, yep. if you even drive by that Northrop, I mean, you can see, mm-hmm. you know, right. there's probably at least 50 of those big drones. I mean, you can literally look at them from yeah. the road. Yeah. Do you know what happens if you stop, uh, you know, you're just past Emirato or just getting into Emirato, I don't know what the boundaries of Emirato are. But do you know what happens if you stop outside, you just get out of your car and start taking pictures? You know, the air base is just down the road mm-hmm. from there. Oh, you know what happens? Security. 
Security shows up. Sure. And they say, uh, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? I'm yeah. just taking some pictures. Uh, nope. You're going to have to move on. Mm-hmm. They won't let you. See, there's, there's field. Yeah. You can't there's see nothing. Anything. There's nothing. So the question is this. Why is it that they're sensitive about somebody just taking pictures out there? Mm. If there's no thing to be seen, why do they not let you stand there and take pictures? So here's the point that I tried to make last night, and I don't know if the city council members got it because I really I, I've 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 listened to people go and speak to them for for over a year about what a bad idea it is to sell this land to uh, make this land available to Fufang mm-hmm. just down the road from the airbase, and they seem to be incapable of understanding even basic concepts. They just don't listen. Uh, but what I tried to explain to them is that when you have people like Senator Kent, uh, Senator uh, uh, Kevin Kramer and Senator uh, John Hoven making statements like they did six months ago, like, well, <clears throat> I'm not really comfortable with this. I don't think mm-hmm. this is such a good idea. That's code for don't do it. We've got good reason to tell you don't do it. It's a bad idea. <clears throat> Did you follow that? Mm, They didn't pick up on those clues because if the Air Force has to come out and say, yeah, that would pose a threat to national security, that's a statement, isn't it? I mean, that tells us something about what's going on at the Grand Forks Air Force Base that they don't want to tell us. They don't want to say that out loud. They would just assume that people guess what's going on and whether or not that would be... Well, I might be, well, I might not. But the fact that they've now said it, they essentially exposed a part of their operation or something about their operation that they would have rather kept right. quiet. And, and mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning and of... So, so, so the point is, that was because the, these, these jokers on, this, on the, the city council either weren't smart enough or it wasn't in their personal best interest mm. to stop the project. So much for not talking about Fufang today, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, when it was first announced, it was announced on the north end of town. Um, people were all for it. The town's never going to grow to the north. Let's do something out there. Uh, you think about it. Our, our previous mayor, we lost FedEx out at the airport. Uh, we lost Amazon. Uh, we could have had a DigiKey office here. We could have had a Marvin Windows office here. Nothing. I mean, we know nothing. We get a right. chance to get this big plant here. Everybody thought it was going to be a great deal, you know, and, and then it, it all uh, starts if it to was come American, out. If it was an American company, it sure. would have been a, you maybe know, a good deal. Maybe. I mean, there, there were still questions about, you know, the enormous amount of electrical power that that plant would require, the enormous amount of water that mm, that plant would sure. require. There are still questions about how what kind of impact that would have on the city and the residents right and it would have to be really carefully evaluated and and i think voted on yeah the thing and, that I'm, oh sorry go ahead oh aaron makes a good point uh the so-called experts uh tend to think they don't need the input of regular people <laughs> like all of us uh fufong covid masks the regular people have been right isn't that? that something how yeah. about that you know I, what i think is interesting now is that well they still own all that land, mm-hmm. and their yes. question is, well, what are they going to do with it? Right. I got a, I got a prediction. <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you guys think they're going to do with it? I think they're just going to let it gonna, sit there. I think they're going to either let it sit there or they're going to sell it because we're not going to let them do anything. high-dollar land. Yeah. You, you know what I think is going to happen? No. I think a person by the name of Mr. Bill Gates is going to oh, buy it from him. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> That's interesting. Yeah, and our <clears throat> guessing— You're probably right. I think our hands would be tied then. I wouldn't be surprised Because it's not our land all. to sell. 
well, so here's the thing. The city rezoned that land. It was mm. zoned as oh, agriculture. They can, they it was farmland. It. Yeah. But they they changed the they rezoned it as industrial yes. land. Mm-hmm. Why? So that they could sell it legally. Sure. Because they couldn't sell yep. it as agricultural land mm-hmm. to China. Same right? thing but, they did in East Grand Forks so with they, the asphalt plants. <laughs> Same thing. Yep. So so maybe if they leave it in industrial land, then Gates won't want it because yeah, who, boy, that that guy that that is scary. I do know that that land. Um, the the farmer that I haul beets for, um, actually, we would have been working part of that land. Hey, well, yeah. uh, when that's what, prime farmland. Could, yeah. could, could this even work? I mean, could this be a thing? So let's say they sell the land to Bill Gates. Bill ba- Gates builds this big corn mill plant. Could he then go around and turn around and then sell that plant to the Chinese? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Who knows? Who knows? You know, we live in uh, we live in it's the old flipperoo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the good old yeah, flipperoo. Who, who knows? Um, yeah, I don't think that he'd be allowed to do that. I don't think that we would allow this the the, the Chinese uh, to buy it. Uh, I mean, that's and there's legislation right now in Bismarck. I haven't seen the status of that legislation. I'm sure that Erin McSparren knows. Uh, maybe she'll tell us. Uh, but there's a legislation making it illegal that would that would forbid any foreign government from owning property in North Dakota. It's yeah, a very good bill. You, you we had to... a light go out, Jeannie, and for yeah. the record, posting it does not make it off the record. No, and, and, and I don't know. I was wondering, when I put the, the, I put the new light in, I'm just wondering if maybe I turned it a little bit. Because I was going to say, you want, you want to see me no, drive it, David nuts? No, it, it popped during the Remax show, apparently. Uh, oh, which one? Uh, no, mine, my key on. light up there, it's, yeah. it's, it's oh, out. Well, I wish I would have known that. I would have well, fixed we got, it. We're right. We were just full of kinds of technical yeah. difficulties today. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know one what? One after another. I'm so, that actually makes me kind of happy to know that I'm not the only one that that happens to. Yeah. So yeah. We deal with technical difficulties constantly. Well, we, constantly. We finally had to change one of these yesterday. And oh. uh, those were a little different. Yeah. I never changed one of these. These, it's like an every other week thing. It seems like we're changing them. But um, I, I thought it would drive you nuts not that she says off the record video image of David they, is bad. The, uh... <laughs> Quit looking at the monitor now, she's David. The, yeah, she's doing the smiley face now. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for my close-up, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, so uh... Hey, just pretend like I did for 40 years. You have a face for radio. So there we... you go. <laughs> no, they are great lights, though. Uh, they're still... Uh, tungsten Fresnels are my absolute favorite lighting instruments. If, if someone said you can only have one kind of light, what would it be? It'd be tungsten mm-hmm. Fresnels. They are the best. But Bill Gates will tell you they they use a lot of electricity, and so you know their carbon footprint goes up because of those things. He he also is that said better? <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like that. Yeah. He also what is that? That's the. It's just a, it's a little a light laser? set you can clip to your your shoes or your your shirt or your hat. Wow, uh, they're kind of neat. Yeah, I've got now. I've got that yeah. little spot in front of me. There, uh, they. Uh, oh, that looks yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. See, he recently. Uh, <clears throat> All right. And Bill Gates recently admitted uh, that he probably has the largest carbon footprint of anybody. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because of his, uh, you know, his ships and yep. his his yachts and his planes, his private jets and all his homes. But he said, but he. He offsets his carbon by by using solar panels. Oh, sure, yeah, <laughs> Wrong. that makes it all better. No, no. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so the the meeting last night was actually uh, it was it was pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. And there were people who called for multiple city council members to uh, step down, with the exception of uh, Ms. Zosowski. Uh, she, she's been a really good. She's been opposed to the Fufeng deal f- since she was elected, and she's been vocal about that. And so she's kind of one of the heroes on that council. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that we had to go through all that. Nonsense. I don't. I would just so, think. I would just think they got what they want. Okay, it's, it's leave it alone. All right, you got your vote. It's not going to happen. Uh, you're going to keep making news of this forever and ever and ever because I don't know. It, it, well, I, you know, I've got people, and maybe you've had the same thing, but people around the country, people in other parts of the country, calling me and saying, "What's going on in Grand Forks? Yeah, how your city council is actually going to let a Chinese company build yeah. this massive industrial complex sure. just down just down the road from the airbase? What what's the deal with that? Uh, I mean, the the the, the whole the proof that common sense uh, was thrown to the wind uh, years ago is evident. See, now this. what I'm wondering is with the annexation, like we were talking about, it was annexed now uh, differently, which means you'd have to pay more taxes if you live on that part of town because of the infrastructure that's going to be have to put in there. But um, so are people upset that they still might have to pay extra taxes? Because now I don't think it will be because I don't, they're not going to have to put infrastructure or anything in there. So Correct. I guess I don't know no, how that ver- all works. No, yeah. They're very angry about that. And I don't blame them. No, uh, I don't either. Know, the Spicers were there talking about that yesterday. They've got, and there, there are a number of businesses that were outside the city limits. Mm-hmm. Which means, of course, as you pointed out, their taxes are lower. Sure, but sure. they annexed that property. They said now you're inside city limits. Right, right. And their taxes. One of the one of them, they said, his taxes went up. Uh, I think four and a half times. Wow. what it was wow. before. Yeah, why? Just so we can let China come in and sure <laughs> and do their little thing here. So, so the other demand that was made, it was made as a demand by some, a request by others, that the city unannex that mm-hmm. land and let it go back into just the county yep. and no longer be part of uh, part of the, within the city limits. And I think that that's they they absolutely need to do that. Yeah, I agree. And and do you think with the vibe you got last night, is that what they're going to try to do? I don't. Uh, that's a good question. Because otherwise, know. what are they going to do? They, I mean, they they. I, I think that if they don't do that, um, and it may not make a difference even if they do. But I know that there is a move underway to have a uh, a recall mm-hmm. of uh, some of those city council members because okay. this whole thing has gone on for so long. It it's has. been yep. ridiculous. The lying, the intimidation. I mean, Jody Carlson has a Grand Forks police officer with an FBI agent show up at her house right, to right. question her. Yeah, no, that's that's pure intimidation. I agree. I agree. Uh, for that kind of thing to be happening in Grand Forks, North Dakota is inexcusable and it, it is certainly not acceptable. So uh yeah, there I, I agree. I agree that people need to go. There are people on that council who need to get their walking papers and uh move on and find find their next uh, project in life. Well Aaron says Valand was also asked to step down. Uh he seems slimy to me. Uh his recommendation for the land and uh city funded water treatment. It's kind of like a teenager trying to say if she can go to the party, can she use the car? Well, if she can take the car, could she have gas money? Uh, refund or failing, and the attorney said the annexation was not reversible. I, I don't know how it can't be. No, it's not. No, that's not correct. And in fact, Jody Carlson, yeah, <laughs> how many times last night, she said, "I'm not a lawyer, but I can tell you legally what you need to do." Yeah. In well, how many times that? have you heard city council members, both on East Grand Forks and Grand Forks, talking out of their lower extremities because they have no clue what they're talking about? Happens all the time. It's it it does. All the, all the time. Yeah. 
So it wouldn't surprise me if they had no idea. When they said it's that they, the annexation was not reversible, they, they probably don't even know. I don't know. Hey, if any of you city council members are listening, go ahead. Call in. Give us a call. 701-213-0863. 701-213-0863. Got to take just a short little break here, all right? You know, there is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Man, you can smell it from here. Oh, for heaven's cakes, best cupcakes, cakes, doesn't matter. You got a special occasion or maybe you are just got a sweet tooth. Uh, you can order it up or you can walk in to find out more. While you're there, enjoy their delicious homemade lunch and soup. They've got keto, gluten-free, vegan and diabetic options. Maybe you own a business, want to treat your employees to something special. Well, check out their monthly employee discounts. They're on the north back side of the Grand City Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. Call them up, 701-757-CAKE, or go to OverHeavensCakes at Yahoo.com. And if you're looking for a cake job, OverHeavensCakes is hiring. Hey, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. OverHeavensCakes, right here in the Grand Cities Mall. Great Reset is back. Executive Director David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition sitting down with the uh, studio with us today along with Paul, the producer. So, hey, uh, uh, really, really quickly, yeah. um, we did get a comment on Rumble from Sherwin, and it's kind of an interesting thing that I never thought of. He said that that balloon that was shot down yes. was a biological balloon. Um, that's interesting. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. Right, you probably... How does he know? I mean, how does anybody know what COVID. it is until? Well, how <laughs> no, does anybody know what it is until we get it? Yeah, my question. My, one of the things that I thought is, uh, how do we know that there's not that there aren't biological weapons on that? Uh, how do we know it's not spreading all kinds of whatever? Right, they want? but I mean, we they, don't know until we find it. Here's something that we do know: the Chinese. And I really want to move on to the the main topic of today's yes, conversation. We're a half hour deep. But we need we to. are. But but it's it's a it's a it's a fact that China has been working on. Um, a, biological weapons that target specific types of DNA. They've been collecting DNA from Americans for well over a decade now, right? So anytime you, you do the, you know, registered, what, what is it called? The, 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 uh, the, the ancestry.com, Ancestry, yep. all that stuff. You spit in a little tube, mm-hmm. send it in, and they tell you what your, what your, yep. uh, your heritage is, mm-hmm. right? And they, and they patent that. I mean, they actually apparently patent or copyright that that DNA information. And a lot of those companies are owned by China. So China has been collecting DNA samples and information from Americans, and they've been working on biological weapons that target specific races. So in other words, they can create a pathogen, they can create a weapon that targets white Norwegians. Sure, yeah. Or someone even within a specific family. That should scare all of us because they've got all of our DNA. Well, not all of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, the people that have done the test, they've got theirs. They've got it from other sources as well. And they're now going to make weapons so they can just wipe out just the certain people that they or the certain races that the certain groups that they want. I still think you're jumping the gun a little bit to claim you know what was in the balloon. We don't. Yeah. No, we have no idea what's so, in the balloon. I mean, you, we've got to find it. We've got to find the wreckage. What I, what I think happened is that uh, they knew that the Fufang deal was uh, Fufang deal was going down. Mm-hmm. So they've got a it's a spy balloon to scope out new sites for Fufang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to get ahead of the curve there, you know. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so so uh, I had a conversation with a lady who is a, a, a mother 
uh, homeschool mother from Wisconsin who actually occasionally listens to this show. And I found out that one of her children was talking just like a week ago about uh, 9-11 and what happened and the whole collapse of the buildings and all that stuff. And she didn't realize that that we were actually going to be talking about Mm -hmm. that on the show. So I said, well, that's great. We can... We can uh, tune in and maybe... She did say that she... Sometimes she doesn't... She shows these shows to some of her students. Oh. Um, Hello, Wisconsin. But but lately she said that because the, there's been a level of sarcasm that the students wouldn't understand, and so she hasn't. So I'm going to try to just not okay. do that on this show. I, I do need to ask, Dale, did you, were you able to get those, did, get those links? Okay, perfect. I'm not ready yet, but I just want to start. So, so these are the, <clears throat> this is what the Twin Towers used to look like, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the statement is that these seven, 767s flew one into each building and they hit, I think, between the 70, what is it, the the 78th floor and the 82nd floor or something like that. These are 110-story buildings. Mm-hmm. We talked last uh, last week about how, uh, here we go from 9-11 Research, uh, fires have never caused a skyscraper to collapse ever. There's never mm-hmm. been a, a collapse ever in the United States. I don't know if there's been one anywhere in the world where a skyscraper has collapsed due to fire. And... <clears throat> And so the idea of, uh, you know, they say that the seal begins to melt at, what is it, 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, And jet fuel, under the best conditions, can only get up to like 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit. But that's in a controlled condition. If it's burning just out in the open, just burning out, you know, in free space, it it can't reach more than 1,300 degrees Twelve to thirteen hundred degrees, but steel is a tremendous conductor of of uh, of heat. So if you apply thirteen hundred degree flame here, it, that doesn't mean that the steel is suddenly immediately at thirteen hundred degrees because it's going to spread out, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to spread. And what we saw in the fires uh, with nine eleven, I'm sorry, I was going to I was going to bring a, a picture of those fires. But there's this massive fireball where all of the all of the uh, the jet fuel exploded and and you know came out the other side of the building. There was some clearly that got stuck on the furniture mm-hmm. and the drapes and things like that inside the building. And those fires burned for a short time and then they went out. But what we saw after just the first few minutes, if you'll think back uh, to those images, was black smoke. Yeah, you know, billowing from the buildings. What what is black smoke? Okay, so let me back up. <clears throat> I used to do work for a client in Minnesota, uh, Central Boiler. They make outdoor wood furnaces. Yep, yep. And up the, in Carlstead, uh, up in uh, Green Greenbush. Yep, yeah. yep. And and one of the features of their furnaces is that they burn so efficiently. Uh, they've got a re-engineered firebox where there's a secondary burn chamber. And it burns so efficiently that you cannot see any smoke mm-hmm. coming out the chimney, right? Before they did that, there was a, there was there were times when you could see a little bit of white smoke coming out the chimney. <clears throat> white smoke is a sign of a very efficient burn because yes. most of the particulates the are pollute, being yep. are being burned up, right? Mm-hmm. 
What is black smoke? I'm just going to ask you both. What is black smoke a sign of? Crappy <clears throat> stuff, tires, oil, um, rubber, um, stuff you shouldn't be burning. And it's also a sign of inefficient combustion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So if if the materials are being burned up really, really well, you don't see much in the smoke, right? It's going to be white or gray. If it's putting out a lot of unburned material, then it's black. So in other words, the black smoke coming from those buildings, it's not because there were tires up there, right? Right. It's because it just wasn't burning efficiently. In other words, the fires in those buildings were not very hot. In fact, it's the people that looked at it said that it probably really never got hotter than 1,300 degrees. Hmm. 1,300 degrees is not hot enough Mm -hmm. to melt steel. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, it's enough to weaken steel, but you would have to subject the steel beams to hours of 1,300 degrees, which didn't happen because the buildings collapsed. Right. The first one in less than an hour. The second one was, what, an hour and 20 minutes? So, And there were not these massive fires. There was a firefighter that got up to the 70th floor, I think, on the south tower, which collapsed first. And uh, he said there were pockets of fires it wasn't like the entire floor was a massive inferno. That didn't happen. Multiple witnesses, in fact, said there was no inferno going on after the, after the planes hit the, the, the towers. The, the, the fires burned out relatively quickly. So I'm going to show a video, but before we get to that, uh, we talked last week about the explosions that took place because there were these massive explosions. In fact, the explosions in the elevator shafts were so great um, there's a video called, I think it's called 9-11 something. It's by uh, Jules Naudet and his brother. I don't remember his brother's name. They're French filmmakers <clears throat> who were embedded in the, uh, um, uh, to one of the New York City firehouses because they wanted to do a video on firemen and what mm-hmm. it takes to become a fireman. And they interviewed all these firefighters. They got permission to do that. And one of the firefighters, uh, they said, so why'd you want to become a fire? You know, this is a guy that's just new. He's, he's, he's just becoming a fireman. And he said, you know, I, since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a hero. And I thought, who better? I mean, there are really no hero jobs except firefighters. So they got permission to follow this guy through his training and through his, uh, you know, his experience and these guys, these two brothers, French brothers, were, were taking video of anything he did. And at one point, they get a call that somebody, they thought they smelled gas at some street in New York. And so they went out with their little gas meter, and the, and the photographer went with them. <clears throat> I think it was Jules. And they're probing, you know, the, you see the seam coming up through the, through the grates and the city streets like they always do in New York and they're trying to find the gas and all of a sudden you hear Vroom! and the cinematographer looked up because it's this incredibly low flying mm-hmm. plane and you see the first plane crash into the building right that footage was captured just at the last second by one of the Naudette brothers but it didn't it wasn't aired until the following day. Interestingly, President Bush said that he was standing outside the classroom 
at the elementary school, and he saw the first plane hit the tower on a monitor out in the hallway. That's impossible. There was no footage on that Tuesday no. morning of the first tower being hit that aired anywhere. It didn't happen. It didn't show up until the following day when the brothers got their footage to one of the networks. So why would the president say that he saw the first plane hit the tower that morning? I mean, was he on drugs? Was he uh, that? How do you be that confused if you're president of the United States? So here's the interesting thing. Oh, you're talking about George Bush. George Bush. Yes, sir. (laughs) George W. Bush. W. So he's made two statements, and uh, they're both uh, recorded. One of them is that he saw the first plane hit the first tower when he was standing out in the hall waiting to go in. And then the second statement was that he heard about, he didn't hear about it until he was there reading the book, and then one of the Secret Service agents came and said, yeah, there's been a plane that's hit the World Trade Center tower. Well, which is it? Did he see it out in the hall? Or... Was he told by a Secret Service agent? Am I the only one in the room that thinks that that's an inconsistency? Well, <clears throat> this was just handed to me, National Construction Safety Team Act. Um, they had to, an investigation of the collapses of World Trade Center 1 and World Trade Center 2. Uh, the investigation was officially announced August 21st, 2002, when the NCST Act was passed in October of that year. It required that the WTC investigation be conducted under its authorities. The draft report of the collapses of the towers was released for public comment. Uh, the final report issued on October 26th of 2005. Now, based on its comprehensive investigation, NIST concluded that the Trade Center towers collapsed because the impact of the plane severed and damaged support columns, dislodged fireproofing insulation coating, the steel floor trusses and steel columns, and widely dispersed jet fuel over multiple floors, and the subsequent unusually large number of jet fuel ignited multi-floor fires, which reached temps as high as 1,000 degrees Celsius or 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, significantly weakened the floors and columns, with dislodged fireproofing to the point where floors sagged and pulled inward on the perimeter columns. That's why they went straight down. Uh, This led to the inward bowing of the perimeter columns and failure of the south face of World Trade Center 1 and the east face of World Trade Center 2, initiating the collapse of each of the towers. Both photographic and video evidence, as well as accounts from the New York City Police Department Aviation Unit during a half-hour period prior to the collapse, support this sequence for each tower. Yeah, so that's, that's the what NIST, they're saying. That's the NIST report, right. Yep. And, and the, here's the problem with that report. Uh, they have no evidence whatsoever that A, the fires ever got that hot, and B, they can't because in an open environment, kerosene cannot get up to that temperature. It can't reach those temperatures. It's not possible. Here's the thing that we know about the NIST report. They made statements with no backing whatsoever. No evidence, no proof. They just said, yeah, that's what happened. Gee, have we seen anything like that lately? Uh, put on a mask, get the shot. Yeah. It's safe and effective. No, the, the NIST report has been proven wrong multiple different ways. Let me go back to one thing. Let's just think through. So we know that they, they made this big report. You know, there was also a report on how, how President Kennedy was killed by a lone shooter named Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, they had a whole 
whole investigation into that. And the Warren Commission came up with, yep, here's what it was, Lee Harvey Oswald. The fact that physics, the laws of physics were defied on that day doesn't affect them whatsoever. They don't care about that. Just like the laws of physics were defied on 9-11 by the furthest buildings to collapse. So A, that would be the very first building in history that collapsed due to fire, the first skyscraper that collapsed due to fire. It would be the first building in history that collapsed into its own footprint, all on its own. Because when buildings collapse, they fall all kinds of different ways, right? Except those two towers. They both fell directly into their own. I mean, you're, 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 it's very compelling. Um, but the thing is, I look at it as there's not too many buildings that are built exactly alike. Um, the World Trade Center's... The two towers, maybe they were built differently. I don't know um, what they're saying. Kind of makes sense, but uh, they're saying uh, 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, jet fuel burns at 1,517 degrees Fahrenheit. So, but yeah, how do they figure that out that it got that hot? Correct. You know, there's no way they, they didn't run up there and do it. Well, it's magic, right? And uh, and we saw black smoke. <clears throat> yep. And we have eyewitness accounts that there were there wasn't this towering inferno going on there were pockets of fires uh let's let's go back to this explosion because the explosion that took place re- in the- really quickly yeah. i just have um, i mean i could be like this is just a question that okay. makes absolutely no sense but uh if fire like burns at a certain temperature that's because of the amount of oxygen that's hitting it too yes so these are the highest towers in the world is the oxygen level Less because they're so high up. Yeah, I, um, that's a good question. I don't think that it would that it. Uh, if, I don't know. That's a good because I would make it burn hotter. If there's less oxygen, it would burn colder. Yeah. Oh, and more oxygen so, it so would burn. Be, I have it backwards. Yeah. You Air it reverse, is what. Right. That's why they always tell you keep your bedroom door shut mm-hmm. in case you have a yeah. fire because uh, it's getting air and it, yeah. it's From the, fueling right. the fire. Yeah. It's fanning the fire. Right. Because that's what yeah, I was just bringing up the point that you said. Sure. All, all buildings are different, and the, yeah. These are the tallest buildings. Yeah. I mean, so and can't. they were and they were designed to withstand actually uh, a tornado or hurricane uh, impact from a from a jet engine uh, from a jetliner. They were designed to do that. This mm-hmm. is modern engineering. Sure, they were designed for that very purpose. And as I said, they used a verendial truss, so it was there was support on the outside, there was support on the inside, there was support throughout, so that they would stay there no matter mm-hmm. what no matter what happened to them um so so let me just go back i just want to i just want to deal with the, ex- the explosions because when the naudette brothers went to the because once the plane hit the tower the engines that they were in and this this report is very interesting they went immediately to that tower they they got they jumped in the in the engine and they drove out to the tower the naudette brothers walk into the lobby of the world trade center i've been there i was there before before mm-hmm. this happened and there's a marble on the walls, marble floors. The explosion that took place in the elevator shaft was so great that it literally broke the marble walls. And it, 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 uh, the, the elevator doors like blew open. There was a man inside the elevator who, was, who came out who was on fire. But the explosion was so powerful that it cracked and broke not only all the glass but these thick marble panels mm-hmm. i just want to think 
about you guys are smart enough to know about how gas works you've seen a you, you you've seen how a flame you've both fired a flamethrower yeah yep. <laughs> yeah so did the flamethrower ever explode at any point i mean when the flame came out did it suddenly just explode no what's required for an explosion pressure well yeah how do you develop pressure uh, let me ask this. If you shot that flamethrower into a, into a cardboard tube, would it suddenly explode inside the tube? Then it could. If it's inside a, a, yeah. an open-ended tube? It could. Not really, because if it's an open-ended, you, what you need is pressure. Well, a gun is kind of on the same concept. Correct. It so is a small explosion it's in a, a tube. In a tube mm-hmm. with, only, with only one opening. Sure. Right? Yep. yep. And so what you have to do is you've got to get the... You get the get, so, so let's think about it this way. Um, you take a bunch of gunpowder, you light it on fire, and then as it burns, yep. you very quickly shove it into a tube and then hope that it will explode out the tube. Yeah, it's can probably see, not can, Yeah, not really going to happen. How about the same thing with gasoline? Uh, light a can of gas on fire, so now the top is burning, and then pour that gasoline into a tube, but keep the fire out of it, then seal the top of the tube, and then light it. <clears throat> yeah, well, no, that's all. Oh, yeah, it's like making a pipe bomb. You can put all the ingredients you want into a pipe bomb, but until you enclose that, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. I mean, gasoline's a little bit different. I wouldn't right. even try that, but you know but, what I mean. But if this was gasoline, sure, and we and let's say that it's full, and we lit it on fire, we tr- throw a match in there, so now it's burning, right? Now, here's what we've got to do: we've got to pour the burning gasoline into a tube, make sure the flame does not travel down the gas pouring into the tube. And let it get all the way up to the top. Then seal the top of the tube with still no flame inside, even though the gas was on fire. And now we're going to light it once it's inside the enclosed sealed tube. That's the scenario that we would have to replicate in order to get those those elevator shafts. Yeah, and I will be standing a long ways away if you try that experiment. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. And yet that's what they tell us that happened, mm-hmm. that the sure. explosions from the elevator shaft were caused by jet fuel that poured down the shaft and then ignited. Mm-hmm. Well, igniting isn't enough. You've got to have a completely sealed environment and then bring in the fire to, to start up. Okay, so, so that's one. So we understand that's how, that's how bullets work. The primer ignites the gunpowder inside the shell. And as it explodes, the expanding gas has only one place to go, and that's out the barrel of the gun as it pushes that round, that ball of lead, out the barrel of the gun. That's, that's how guns work. But you've got to have it sealed off. Okay, so how do we get the elevator shafts filled with fuel, seal them, and then ignite the fuel in that environment? <clears throat> there, I'm sorry, there's no way to do it. There's a ma- major gaping hole in that elevator shaft where the planes mm-hmm. flew through. Okay, so now let's, let's look at... So, <clears throat> so what they say is that um, we have seen buildings fall like this building fell before. We've seen that happen multiple times. Usually multiple on times. purpose. It's always on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's always a controlled demolition where you place multiple charges throughout the building. Mm-hmm. And the way that it works, according to demolition experts, is that as the first floor collapses... <clears throat> You ignite the, the charges on the floor directly below it just before the f- top floor hits that floor. Are you with me? Sure. And the reason for that is because <clears throat> in order to cause the building to fall down into its own footprint, 
you cannot have one floor causing resistance to the floor above. You with me? Yep. Because if it causes resistance and the resistance isn't exactly even, mm-hmm. it can begin to sure. deflect one way or the other. Yep. Right? Yep. But if you remove, you pull out all the supports for, so that it's literally like a pancake hanging in midair. So when the top floor hits it, there is no resistance on any side yep. and it just goes down. Sure. And that's why buildings that are collapsed through a controlled demolition, through explosives, they fall at near free fall speed. In other words, if you were to drop a steel ball right next to them, the steel ball and the buildings would fall at almost the exact same speed. Okay, yeah. sure. But I, I got, so, you know, the, this conspiracy theory that, you know, it's an inside job and whatever. <clears throat> so here's, here's a question that doesn't really make any sense. I mean, they obviously killed, I don't know, what was it, thousands of people during yeah. this? Yeah, just so, under 4,000. So what the, why would they even care if it was a controlled demolition where they fell straight down? What do you mean? I mean, if their if their intent was to just you know cause this massive attack, why would they care what way the building fell? Well, because if the building fall, because if the building, well, because they don't want, they don't want to destroy every building in New York. They they why want not? to send they, it. Why they want to? <clears throat> I mean, wanted to make their point. Yeah, they, I mean, so you know, if they're. I mean, if they're killing thousands of people, why do they care if it doesn't fall into another building or... And kill another thousand. Yeah. I mean, well, what they, was their intent? Yeah, that's... Well, that's... Okay, so now you're asking me for to answer a different question. I'm not dealing with that question right now. We can come yeah. back to that. Okay. <laughs> but but the, the question is, do buildings ever fall straight down into their own footprint? And the answer is yes, they do. When do they do that? When explosives, explosive charges have been placed mm. and set off. By the way... <clears throat> It's a very highly technical process. Uh, those explosions are not done by a guy with a plunger. They're done by computer. Yeah. Because and they don't just put their, they just don't put their explosives out there. They've got to drill and they've got to, there's get many, access it, it to takes the, them weeks in yes, order to make correct. one ready to go. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they have to make sure that the, the supporting beams are cut by their explosives Mm-hmm. Uh, in a precise manner, yep. they're they're cut at an angle so that the 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 one above it will shear down yep. and slide down right next to it, right? And they do that back and forth all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to do that, uh, and they have to explode them. I mean, it's split second timing is oh, required, yeah. yep. Because if and if anything goes wrong, uh, you have big trouble because then you've got collateral damage, which they don't want. Yeah. So so. What do we see when we see a, a building that's exploded with a controlled demolition? We see the building fall straight down into its own footprint. Usually, yep. We see it fall at free fall speed or very close to free fall speed, right? We see no resistance from any of the bottom floors to the top floors. Incidentally, you know, in the World Trade Center, the steel beams, these massive steel beams that there were vertical beams, were were thicker at the bottom than they were at the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're customized steel beams. that They get thicker as they go down. So the resistance, assuming that this collapse is really just a natural, oh, it just collapsed. The closer it gets to the ground, the greater resistance it's going to encounter from these steel beams. Does that make sense? But we didn't see that at all, did we? We saw, we saw both buildings collapse at near free fall speed. 
the entire length of the collapse. In fact, if you look at the debris that's falling off the sides of the building, that's just falling, it's falling at the same speed as the buildings themselves. Do no you have resistance. video or something that you're going to show us? I do have video to, to show you, but before we show the video, I, I want to, it's actually, that's <clears> a, <throat> oh boy, I should do the video tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, <laughs> next week. Let me men- mention just a couple of other quick issues that have to do with, uh, with intentional demolition of a building using explosives, right? One of them is uh, sudden onset. In a controlled demolition, the onset of the collapse is sudden. One moment, the building is perfectly motionless. The next moment, it suddenly begins to collapse. Steel, when it's heated, so think back to shop. When steel is heated, it doesn't just suddenly, instantly buckle or break, does it? What happens when you heat something that's... Yeah, it usually... It starts to flop. Yeah, yeah. it kind of flops over, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what happened in the World Trade Center? No. No, we didn't see any of that. We just saw all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. It just suddenly came straight down, right? Fire-induced collapses, if we had an example of one, which we don't because they've never happened. There've never been a, there's never been a collapse of a skyscraper due to fire mm-hmm. until 9-11. <laughs> These buildings that were designed to be able to withstand hurricanes uh, suddenly collapse because of uh, fire. And they fall at free fall speed. The videos on the tower show that there were no signs of bending or sagging, even the floors just above the damage caused by the impact of the planes. The buildings were perfectly motionless until the moment that they collapsed. So that's, that's point number one. Two, they fell straight down. The most important thing in a controlled demolition of a tall building close to other buildings is that it comes straight down into or at least close to its own footprint so it doesn't harm other buildings. The whole science of controlled demolition is originally primary, it's oriented primarily around this goal. As Mark uh, Luzier, president of Control Demolition, Inc., has explained, and this is, his, this is a quote from Mark, to bring a building down as we want so no other structure is harmed, the demolition must be completely planned using the right explosive and the right pattern of laying the charges. So if the 110-story Twin Towers had fallen over, they just fallen over, even if just the tops had fallen off, they would have been enormous damage to the surrounding buildings. Right? Sure. Yeah. According to official theory, by implying that fire produced collapses that perfectly mimics the collapses that have otherwise been produced only by precisely placed explosives requires a miracle. That would be a miracle. Everywhere else in the world, when a building comes straight down, it's because of controlled explosives that are set off by a computer. That's the only way that a building comes down into its own footprint. But on 9-11, a miracle took place. These buildings with no explosives fell directly into their own footprint with no, no, no deflection, no sideways movement of these steel beams that were stacked one on top of the other. It all just fell straight down. That's a miracle. I believe in miracles. I just don't believe in that miracle. <clears throat> Almost free fall speed, I already talked about that. Uh, the 9-11 Commission report said that South Tower collapsed in 10 seconds. 110-story tower collapses to the ground in 10 seconds. The authors of the report evidently didn't, uh, thought that the rapidity of the collapse did not conflict with the official theory known as the pancake theory. According to this theory, the floors above 
uh, were weakened by the impact of the airline and fell below. So they, there was a chain reaction. They pancaked all the way down, except that they would encounter resistance and they would get slower and slower, not continue to fall at the same speed. If that had happened, the lower floors would have provided resistance. Both concrete and steel would have done that. <clears throat> but the videos of the collapse show that rubble falling inside the building's profile falls at the same speed as the rubble outside. David Heller, a builder with degrees in physics and architecture, explains the floors could not have been pancaking. The buildings fell too quickly. The floors must all be falling simultaneously to reach the ground in such a short period of time. But how? In the method known as controlled demolition, each floor of a building is destroyed at just the moment the floor above is about to strike it. Thus, the floors fall simultaneously in a virtual free fall. Okay, point number three. The collapse was total. It was total, a total collapse. The official theory is that even more decisively ruled out by the fact that the collapse were total. These 110-story buildings collapsed into piles of rubble only a few stories high. How is that possible? At the core of each tower, a tower contained the core of each tower, the core contained 47 massive steel box columns, 47 in each tower. According to the pancake theory, the horizontal steel supports broke free from the vertical columns, but if that happened, then the 47 core columns would have been left standing. Make sense? We'd just have these 47 steel cores standing there, and the collapse of the floors would have not affected these massive steel columns. But somehow the steel columns also fell down into their own footprint. The NIST report handling this most difficult problem by claiming that when the floors collapsed, they pulled on the columns, causing the perimeter columns to become unstable. You just read that. Right? Instability then increased the gravity load on the, on the core columns, which is weakened weakened by the tremendously hot fires inside the core, which NIST claims claim, uh, reached 1,832 degrees Fahrenheit. This combination of factors somehow produced a global collapse. That's NIST page 28 and 143. This theory faces two problems. First, NIST's claim about tremendously hot fires in the core is completely unsupported by any evidence. As we saw earlier at its own studies, it found no evidence that any of the core columns had reached temperatures of even 482 degrees. So the theory involves purely speculative addition of over 1,350 degrees Fahrenheit. Second, even if this sequence of events had occurred, NIST provides no explanation as to why it would have produced global, that is a total collapse. The NIST report asserts that column failure occurred in the core as well as the perimeter columns, but this is just a bare assertion. There's no evidence, there's no plausible explanation of why the columns would have broken or even buckled so as to produce a global collapse and a collapse at freefall speed. Did you follow me? Do you see the, yeah. the mounting problems with their statements? Issue number four, sliced steel. In controlled demolitions of steel frame buildings, explosives are used to slice the steel columns and beams into pieces. A representative from Controlled Demolition Inc., has said of RDX, one of the commonly used high explosives, that it slices steel like, quote, a razor blade through a tomato. The, the steel, moreover, is not merely sliced, it's sliced into manageable lengths. As Controlled Demolition Inc. says in its publicity, our Drex stem systems segment steel components into pieces matching lifting capacity of available equipment. Matching lifting capacity 
of available equipment. The collapses of the Twin Towers, it seems, somehow managed to mimic this feature of controlled demolitions as well. Jim Hoffman, in 2004, after studying various photos of the collapsed site, said that much of the seal seemed to be chopped up into sections that could be easily loaded onto the equipment that was cleaning up at Ground Zero. Well, another question for you then. Why would they crash the planes into it? I mean, why would they just blow up the buildings and say it was a terrorist attack of just a bombing? Good question. And why and, wouldn't they do that? And another thing. I, I, well, I, I think that maybe the easiest answer for that is that they'd have to have a massive bomb. I mean, they actually tried that. I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years before 9-11, uh, there was a bomb. There was a, 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 a big, big old uh van filled with explosives that drove into the parking garage underneath one of the towers. Yeah, I remember that. And it exploded and it I mean it damaged the cars down there. The building was unfazed. It did a little bit of damage. Yeah. But, but it was but it was but but it, but it really wasn't structural damage. I mean it was right. it was more surface damage. But what you're talking about here David with your information you've got um I pulled up the NIST um the NIST inf- report, investigation. Yeah. Um all these theories like you mentioned they're all speculation. No, they're not. No, what we're why? talking. What we're, well, why is yours not speculation compared to what I have? Because we have video of the buildings coming down. And they came down exactly like, like I said. They came straight down into their own footprint. Okay. Right? That's a fact. They came yep, straight yep, down into their yep, own footprint. Yep. We know for a fact that, building doesn't, that steel does not collapse on itself unless it's cut. Right? So that's, a, that's somebody, not speculation. That's a fact. I know, but did somebody go in and cut every beam on every floor? all the way up from the top to bottom? And how could they have done that without anybody working there not knowing it? Well, you couldn't have done that overnight. This uh, would have taken months and months and months to do. Not, not, not true. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, it's a matter of labor force. So let me just go back to something that I know really well, which is film production. <clears throat> In film production... Uh, if we have to go in and shoot, let's say, a video of a senator, okay, in his office. So just, just follow me with this. Paul, tell me if I, if I get any of this wrong. What's that? Ah, ah, okay. So, Dale, tell me if I get this wrong. If I, John, if I'm hired to interview a U.S. senator and they said, you got, you got 10 minutes, because at this time, you know, you're going to go in at 1 o'clock. At 1.10, he's leaving his office to go into session on the, on the, you know, chamber, the house chambers. You got 10 minutes. And I say, okay, great. So can we get in and get our lights set up and get our camera set up and our sound equipment set up before? The- no, no. You've got 10 minutes. So we're going we're gonna to let you in at 1. You're done by 1.10. Do you know how that works? Do you know how long it takes to set up lights and a, yeah. and a camera and tripod yeah. and get the mm-hmm. mics right and all sure. that stuff? Yep. <clears throat> it takes more than 10 minutes. Yeah. So there's no possible way to do that. And yet it happens all the time. Do you know how it happens? You show up with your crew of 15 people. And everybody goes in and boom, everybody. So you got two people running, three people, four people running the lights. Three people running the, the audio, a couple of guys setting up the cameras. See, the more hands you have working, the faster you can make the process happen. That's why in Hollywood, where it costs 
thousands of dollars a minute, right? The production costs are thousands of dollars a minute. You've ever seen, Dale, Paul, you've seen behind the scenes, we see these guys sitting there like this, right? Mm-hmm. They're just doing nothing. And you say, Why? no wonder movies cost so much money to make. Look at all the people in those credits. Right? They, they got a thousand people working on that film. And they shot the film in two months. How come they've got a thousand people working on the film? Because time is money in film production. And you can't afford to have somebody waiting for someone who's doing two different jobs. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So if you've got two different jobs to do, it takes you twice as long as if you've got just one job and then another person has the other job, right? So everyone has their job. In other words, the more people you have doing the work, the faster you can get it done. Make sense? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, the weekend before 9-11, so that would have been the, uh, the 8th and the 9th <clears throat> because 9-11 was on a Tuesday, there was a man that was working at one of the banks. I think I talked about him last... Did I talk about him last week? Well, speaking of getting things done, I do have a TV getting delivered in 15 minutes. We're going to have to wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Well, we can so, continue, though, so we'll, next we'll, week. We'll come back. We'll have video next week. Um, did I talk about the guy that was, that was working? And I'll, this will be my last, my final point. Okay. Okay? His, his job was to secure, the, to secure the, the information for his bank. Yep. And whenever they did a hard shutdown where they literally cut power to sure. the towers. And so he worked that all weekend. And then when they opened up again on Monday, he restored everything. So he worked all weekend long and then restored it on Monday. But he said that he saw something very unusual. He said over the weekend during the shutdown, there were all these guys dressed in jumpsuits, oh, yeah. bringing big, massive coils yeah, yeah, of wire running up and down week. the... Right, and big, huge boxes of stuff. And he didn't know what they were, and he said, what's going on? And they said, well, we're, we're upgrading the internet. And he thought, that's weird that they're upgrading the internet during a power shutdown, because I would think that these guys would want power to be able to do it. So if they were doing, as he suspected later, if they were setting explosive charges, or perhaps the charges had been all set weeks or months in advance in the elevator shafts by workers over a period of time. And all they had to do over the weekend was hook them up. All they had to do over the weekend was wire them. Aren't the elevators in the middle? Yeah, they're in the middle. Okay. So that takes a lot less time, doesn't it, to just wire those things up, just hook them up, just go plug them in, and now they're ready to roll. Hook them up to the computer, hit go, and boom, the buildings come down. We will talk more about this next week all right thank you it's amazing i I gotta quit just coming up with my stuff at the beginning of the show because pretty soon it's 40 minutes deep before we get into what you brought so i i kind of wanted to talk about the grammys today but i know i and i did too i did too there was some stuff going on there but um hey uh bonnie Raitt, congratulations i like that part though but um and again uh i'm gonna leave this show now (laughs) um she won and she beat oh. all these other people, it, and she was good. Oh. I like her. The oh, Sanus um, guy didn't win, or uh, what was that? All? I don't know. I have to look it up. <laughs> they're but, not even. They're not even shy about it. They don't even hide it anymore. Yeah, anyway. I heard that CBS retracted the words <laughs> "We're ready to worship." You know, they were actually going to yeah. say they said that we're ready to worship, and CBS cut that no, before they no. did the whole demonic. I, thing. I, that was it. It was a whole demonic and thing, it, that, and it was sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> figure. Was it? Yeah. Are you serious? Yep. All right, we're going to be talking oh. next week on the Great Reset. 
reset about more of these speculations and uh, theories and things like that about the Twin Towers. But um, thank you again to David Waterman coming in today, the uh, Midwest Public Health Coalition Executive Director. And uh, thanks to Life Vantage for bringing you today's Great Reset. Now, if you take collagen, uh, maybe you've heard about this one-of-a-kind collagen. It uh, not only replenishes your body, but it helps your body create its own collagen, too, by using natural products, and then it maintains it. Now, if you want to find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Kronelka and Light Vantage. For more information, you can check out stephk.lightvantage.com or text 701-230-9306 or email skbesthealth at gmail.com or click on the link on gfbestsource.com. It'll go directly to Light Vantage. Uh, you know what? Biohack your life with Life Vantage. Ah, boy, Giving Hearts Day is day after tomorrow. Um, Heather Novak, the executive director of the United Way, she's going to be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking all about uh, Giving Hearts Day. Big day for nonprofits, all right? Hey, everybody, remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show and become a patron on Podbean, too. You could win some pretty cool stuff. Grand Cities, well, they're grand, right? Grand Fork's best source is giving it an identity again. 